This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-MBA alumni. Here's Dustin Steiger from Alt-MBA 13. Dustin, I'm so glad that we're able to get together and chat. You've been writing about creativity for quite a while now. I even have read some of your work from when you were in Alt-MBA. Where did that begin? When did you decide that was what you wanted to write about? Yeah, um, so... You're right. I've been, you know, when I really think about it, it's uh, amazing that I've been writing for 15 years about uh, a lot of the same things. And uh, creativity is kind of central to what I've been focusing on. And I think I've always considered myself to be a creative type. I was kind of artistic as a, as a child growing up and won some art awards in high school, went to college um, and uh, was an art major in college, kind of focused on graphic design and illustration and became my career as an illustrator. So drawing and painting images for magazines and books and advertisements. And so then my career kind of went into marketing and advertising uh, specifically and, you know, more graphic design work, uh, more strategic marketing work, but still always consider myself uh, to be creative, but noticing also that uh, a lot of what happens uh, in business environments, you know, isn't supportive of that. And I uh, read a book early on in my career uh, called Orbiting the Giant Hairball by Gordon McKenzie. And he was this, he called himself a creative paradox. That was the title he gave himself at Hallmark Cards back in the 1980s. So he was, you know, he was definitely a creative type. Uh, but he uh, helped people kind of navigate what he called this big gray culture that was at Hallmark, kind of that corporate culture that so many companies have that definitely isn't creative. And that book really inspired me, and especially a story about him going in and, and talking to elementary-aged kids and talking to kindergartners and asking them, you know, he'd go to area schools around Kansas City and, and talk to these kids. And uh, when he's talking to the kindergarten class, he'd ask them, how many of you consider yourselves artists? And in kindergarten, they were all artists, right? And not just artists, but like two hands up in the air. Ooh, 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 me, 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 I'm an artist. You know, and then he said when he talked to first graders, they were still all artists, but just one hand in the air variety. And he said this downhill cycle continued until when he's talking to sixth graders, then there would be like one or two of the students that would raise their hands, but their eyes are darting back and forth because they're outing themselves as being artists. And so there's this whole thing. And I mean, I'm reading this book and the way he lays it out and explains it, I, it really resonated with me because I felt like I was one of the few artists in my rural Oklahoma uh, you know, school growing up. And, and then going into the corporate environment, even more so, you know, just like everybody's very analytical and business wise. And I'm this creative guy that thinks he has great ideas or whatever, you know, but it really resonated with me. And, you know, I, I, I tell people it's the first business book that ever, actually, it's the only business book that's ever made me cry, you know, because it really connected with something deep inside of me. And I think at that point, I realized that's something that I, I don't think it's right. I don't think um, kids in school should be uh, tricked out of their birthright of being a creative genius, of being an artist. And I don't think corporations have the right to do that either. So, and I don't think 99.9% .9 of the time, I don't think that's intentional. I think it's just kind of part of how people are going through the motions and doing what they're told and trying to just manage their lives and handle their responsibilities. 
But in the end, uh, it's still, you know, to me, feels like a crime that we're executing against each other, you know, that we're squashing people's creativity, you know, especially within business environments. And so I started writing about uh, some of those things about how companies can encourage creativity within their corporate culture and how individuals can be more creative in uh, how they go about their days as well. And, you know, just basically, you know, sharing my thoughts on that. And then uh, over the years, you know, I've started to develop a little bit of a message around that, but hadn't really done much with it until I got into the old MBA. And uh, whenever we got to that prompt where you start, you know, you have to create a video, right? And so I thought, man, what in the world am I going to talk about? You know, what, what can I do a video about? What's going to be interesting enough? Or what am I going to be passionate enough to really talk about? And that's the message that I really uh, centered around. And I um, had also been at that time, I was working uh, in uh, commercial interiors and we were partnering with a a big uh, furniture company called Steelcase, which is, uh, they had all this research that had just come out around how the physical environment in our offices can shape our creativity. And so I kind of incorporated that in my message and, you know, talked about the, the shape of creativity and how our physical environment can, can impact that. And that was kind of a genesis for me to kind of revisit some of those ideas, but have maybe a more unique take on uh, how you unleash creativity in companies. You talked about how in Alt-MBA, you started to develop or hone this message that you'd been working on. Backing up a bit, what inspired you to do the Alt-MBA? So probably not the best reason to sign up for the Alt-MBA was that I was like a big Seth Godin fanboy, you know? So uh, I had been reading his stuff since I came from marketing. You know, I'd been reading his stuff back when he did, uh, like I can't remember if it was uh, Unleashing the Idea Virus or Permission Marketing, one of those books, right? And so had been following him. In fact, I want to say he might've gotten me into blogging, you know, back in 2004. So I think I was reading him back in 2001, 2002, something like that. And it just gravitated toward his work, not just because of uh, what he was doing with marketing and his processes and ideas around marketing, but more so around, hey, this guy really kind of gets, you know, the human factor of all of this. And that resonated with me because I was already, you know, focusing on how can we be more creative in the work that we do. And I think he was really touching on humanity within business as well. So the two kind of dovetailed together really well. And so whenever the All-MBA had come out, I had seen it for a little while and had not signed up for it, partly because I just thought, oh, well, it's probably for people that are more successful than me. You know, they had people from some pretty big brands that were part of some of the early classes um, and were highlighted on the website. So I thought, well, that's not for guys like me because I'm not as successful. Um, and so, you know, and I hear a lot of people, I've listened to some of the podcasts and I hear a lot of people tell you the same thing that I felt. I really relate with it, which is whenever I applied, I thought, oh, I'm probably not going to get in. You know, they're, they're going to look at my stuff and they're going to say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Come back when you're, you're somebody special, right? <laughs> so, um, but I had, uh, and this is kind of my mentality is that uh, I, I really, and why 
all NBA was probably important for me was I struggled to do things on my own sometimes. I, I like team sports. I like team activities, like group activities, right? So I found like three or four people that I thought were people like me that I knew. And I told them about the All-NBA. I'm like, hey, we could do it all together at the same time. And maybe that would be great. And they're all like, oh, yeah, great, great. Tell me more about it and send them all the information. We would talk about it. But then when the deadline came around, none of them were willing to do it. And so then I just had to decide at that moment, is this something I'm going to, not something we're going to do. This is something I'm going to choose for myself to do. And I talked to my wife and she was really supportive. And she just said, yeah, you have to do it. I know you and I'm you know, this is, this is something you have to do. And so I felt like that's, that's the green light. You know, that's the last thing that I needed to just say yes and jump in and do it. Wow. That's a big shift from thinking that you're going to do this with a group to having to decide for yourself that you were going to do this, that you wanted to do this. What was your biggest takeaway from, from all MBA? Yeah. So, um, probably my biggest takeaway happened after Alt MBA. So about a month after our class graduated from Alt MBA, there was an alumni gathering up in New York. And during that gathering, uh, Seth spoke to the group and he started talking about uh, leadership attributes and had us rattle off all these attributes of leaders that they're like open-minded and they have empathy and all these different things that people would list off of, you know, like leaders like Brene Brown and Simon Sinek that, you know, they had a lot of admiration for. And so then he said, you know, these are skills that you can develop. You know, these aren't just inborn attributes of these people. You know, they've, they've developed them over the years. But basically, you know, he just said that, it, you know, all these attributes are things that as individuals, we can, we can work on them and we can build them in our lives and become better at them. And so we can, actually have the same attributes of the, of the leaders that we admire. And so then it felt like he really shifted gears and he started talking to people in the group about, okay, I know some of you guys are stuck somewhere. There's something you just, a hump that you can't get over or something in your business. You know, let's throw out a few. And so people did and he would take their, he would talk to them about their business model and then he would kind of break it down. He would figure out what was broken in their business model. And then he would give them an idea of how to kind of turn that around and then put it all back together and say, there, go, you know, and kind of in a way, kind of fix it in a way, you know, and like, I mean, three minutes, you know, just a short amount of time. It was insane, you know, and he did it, boom, 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 three in a row, right? And so I'm sitting there in this audience of like 150, 200 people and this thought hits me and I'm like, yeah, you can do that because you're, and then that's when it really hit me. You know, it's like, I was getting ready to say, you can do that because you're Seth Godin, right? And that's when I realized it wasn't a big shift in him talking about developing skills as leaders and then doing that example. He really was saying, okay, I'm giving you an example, right? He didn't overtly say this, but it just dawned on me that he was saying the skills that I'm exhibiting right now of being able to take somebody's business model, break it down, basically fix it in three minutes. Those are the skills that we have given you in the Alt MBA. And just like the leadership attributes that you admire, these are the same skills that you can, if you work on them and you use them and you develop them, then you can do something like this as well. And so that really, that, that blew my mind. That was worth the price of admission just in and of itself. Wow. I think that's a really powerful lesson that you can develop these skills 
how are you carrying that into what you're working on now? So I think uh, one of the things is probably the biggest change for me is that I, I don't use that as an excuse anymore. You know, looking at if I see somebody that's doing something that I admire, I think, yeah, they've worked hard to be there and they develop those skills. And then what it changes in me is it makes me more uh, retrospective about my daily habits. What is it that I'm doing on a day in, day out basis in my, you know, day by day, drip by drip? Am I developing similar skills within myself or am I hiding instead? Am I, you know, binge watching some streaming show on, you know, Netflix or whatever? Or am I, am I actually building, you know, I ha- we all have 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. And it makes, it just makes me more aware of the time that I have and how I use it to make myself the person that I want to be. And what's next for you or what are you working on now? Yeah. So when I went through all MBA, really focused on the message around creativity in the workplace. And, uh, and I had some transition time after all MBA and I've really circled back to that. You know, seen, I've seen kind of the thread that connects me with that message, you know, over decades. And, and I feel like it, it's part of, you know, it could be something that could be a life's work for me in some way, you know, and helping people, you know, really unleash the, the creativity and realize that they are creative artists and help uh, companies to be able to support that in their environments as well. And so I'm, I've been working on a message around that and um, I'm looking at some opportunities to maybe develop some additional programs around that so that companies can, um, you know, unleash creativity in their employees and in their work environments and, um, and then reap the fruit of that, that benefit because there's great companies out there that, that realize that in today's work environment that you have to be able to come up with new ideas. You can't stick with what's worked in the past. And innovation is an important part of uh, business today in order for companies to be nimble. And, uh, and leaders want more creativity out of their workers and they're frustrated in, in trying to figure out how to do that. And workers get frustrated because they feel like their work environment doesn't support them in being more creative. So there's got to be a solution in between those. So I've, I've found a few things that I'm, I'm uh, talking about and exploring and willing to experiment on those and uh, kind of going to see where that leads us. Well, I'm excited to see what you come up with. This is clearly a space that you've been working in and, and developing skills in for, for quite a while. To close, I have one question that I ask everyone that I talk to. One of the goals of the show is to help Alt-MBA alumni connect. So how would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. Reach out if you don't feel like you're able to connect with your innate creativity. Reach out if you value creativity, but you feel like you're in an environment that doesn't support it. Or reach out if you're somebody else who is really pursuing these ideas around creativity and uh, you just want to talk about that and see how you know, uh, we can discuss what we're doing to help make the world a more creative place. Well, thank you, Dustin, for being a part of this community and, and doing the work that you're doing. Thank you, Covington. Had a great time. This episode is hosted by B. Covington Doan and edited by William Flato. Thanks for listening.
check out the show notes for ways to contact Dustin.